genre. Welcome back to Rocky Minute, a daily podcast where we hang around and do nothing six months at a time. I'm Doug. And I'm Jason. And joining us this week for the first time and the last time, uh, Tom Taylor. Hello, Tom. <laughs> Wait, I'm never coming on again? That's sad. So I just you, got here. It was it was a, a whole Indiana Jones Minute thing. Like, it, you're the first one this season, but the, oh, last, okay. the, the last one in total. There we go. Okay. Now I got it. I feel better now. Hello. What I'm going to do is I'm going to re-edit this in. The first one, yet the last one. Okay. I got that the first time. <laughs> I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> Jay's uh, sleeping. Oh. I did fall asleep a little earlier. I took a little nap. Sounds beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it's late here on the East Coast. Yeah. Not terribly, though. No. It's always nap time somewhere. That is true. That is true. I can sleep anywhere, anytime. Oh, that's great. I never learned how to nap. Like I, I can, I can fall asleep, but then if I, 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 I've never mastered the perfect amount of sleeping where you feel refreshed, but not like just ruined and beat and weird, and like you're getting over a cold. No one has. No. One I think has. there's like a that right there. What you just described is like a thirty second window. So yeah. if, if you wake up within that thirty second window, you're good. Yeah. I, I I don't know that window. Yeah, yeah, no. I have never, Nobody does. I've never woken up, whether from a nap or a, a fucking 12-hour night sleep or a three-hour night sleep, <laughs> and was refreshed and, and energized and ready to take on the day. Never. Come it's on, never world! Yeah. It never happened. <laughs> it's not easy. Well, our constant uh, issue with tiredness is a byproduct of shift work, so. Oh, sure. I have no excuse. <laughs> Well, you're you're getting up there in years, so that's, that's true. Excuse. I'm falling apart. That's my excuse. Mm. Well, today uh, we're knocking out minute fifty-one, which mm. begins with pressure for a rematch and ends with Tony getting ready to drop a truth bomb. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure is. Is this? Uh, are these bags of mail <laughs> behind him? Yeah, looks like the end of uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. <laughs> <laughs> he brought all his hate mail from home to the office. Yeah. Like, there's no way you could possibly go through all that. I bet he could have brought one bag. He has gone through every single one of those letters, I guarantee you. I don't know. That's a lot of letters, man. Yeah. Well, almost the only other time we've seen him in the movie so far, outside of the hospital, is him reading letters, right? At his house. Obsessively. Exactly. And this happened back in the day? Like, did people write this many letters to athletes? Like, is there people that watched the Rocky Apollo Creed fight and as soon as it was over, got like, I have to get right to my desk and pen out a nice letter <laughs> to Apollo Creed about this fight? On their personal letterhead. Uh, right. Yeah. And some of them look like they're on cards, like thank you notes or something, <laughs> but they're angry, like you're a bum, you fix the fight, <laughs> get well soon. Yeah. At least their presentation is nice. It is. It's yeah, like that thoughtful. red drop of wax and then they're, they're, yeah. they're sealed on it. <laughs> their family seal. Yeah. Family seal. <laughs> I just, I can't believe this many people wrote letters to him after this. Did Rocky get any letters? Hmm. Rocky, That's a really good question. He got telegrams. Uh, we Telegram. saw it in the first movie, Rocky got telegrams. Uh, I, as far as hate mail slash fan mail after the fact, I don't know. 
That is really weird. You'd think he would be just at, almost at least as inundated with mail as Apollo after that fight. That's weird. Because like, like they that, that out. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, like after like a, a Floyd Mayweather fight, is, is his inbox full of like eight, ten thousand emails about the fight? Like I don't understand this. this I'd say his, his Twitter is Twitter. <laughs> Maybe. His, yes, his Twitter is full of hate speech, blowing up. They uh, slide into his DMs, <laughs> as the kids say. <laughs> I'm not following a word of this. <laughs> uh, I like, and I've referenced this before, the contrast between. Uh, the showman Apollo Creed that we see when the cameras are on mm-hmm. and, and businessman Apollo Creed. <laughs> That's actually a question that I had about all this because I, I'm, I, I do not follow boxing outside of like whatever makes it into like the regular, you know, zeitgeist of, you know, popular culture and stuff. But it, is it common for, or even for any athlete, any, is it common for that athlete to become his or her own you know, business manager and like running the show, you always get the picture of like, you know, especially like with boxing, like, you know, some huge star comes up and then there's like a Don King or somebody like that who kind of like overshadows the whole thing and runs the show and, you know, calls the shots and everything. But like, you know, Apollo is his own guy. He's like, he's the fighter and he's the businessman. And I wonder if that actually happens in real life. I have no idea because I don't follow sports because I'm reading comic books. I think (laughs) same. (laughs) Both have men. We're, we're going to put a pin on in that one for later. Okay. Um, I think Floyd Mayweather manages his own shit nowadays. Um, oh yeah. I think he's his own promoter. It, it takes a. I mean, you have to really have a, a sense of business to be a good promoter, right? I would think so. Well, Oscar De La Hoya is now a promoter. Okay. Uh, I actually. Did not know and a- that. Apollo actually says at the very beginning of this minute, he says, like, since I'm, you know, promoting this myself, mm-hmm. like in the last one, he had like that guy Jurgens, who was sort of yeah. the promoter. Yeah. Yeah. Paul Bearer uh, lookalike. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. he, yeah. Jorgens was, was the, he was the, the fight promoter. And yeah. you, you mentioned Don King and later on in, you know, way later in Rocky five, we see the Don mm. King uh, yeah. <laughs> parallel in, in a Washington Duke. That's right. Uh, but yes, but um, I don't. I don't know. I don't think nowadays m- many athletes promote their own fights. Yeah, uh, or promote their own. Uh, God, you know. I mean, I'm. We're, we're me and Jay are more of team sports kind of mm-hmm. fans, like baseball, football. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll watch boxing and MMA, but do they? Ha- do they? Who promotes their fights? Yeah, I don't know. That is a good question. It does sort of seem like he's. You know, it's kind of underscoring like, you know, this is his, you know, not vendetta exactly, but, you know, his his beef. He's got yeah. he's just gunning for Rocky and it's like kind of going outside the regular. I mean, that's what the scene is all about. It's going outside of like what he should be doing as the champ. It's exactly know? what it is. Yeah. He's taking the low road. Yeah. But, you know, that's why Apollo's awesome. He's like an excellent, excellent I was going to say, he's not the villain. He's not the villain in this movie mm. because you totally get him. And he's not wrong. No. He's like, he's got a legitimate beef and he's got like, I mean, <laughs> with a weird twist, you could almost make this movie like, this, this could be Apollo. It could just be like the Apollo yeah. movie. He's got a, a, just as much of a, you know, heroic drive or heroic story, you know, mm-hmm. 
Like he's, he's, he's like, he's, he's, it's like the flip side of Rocky suffered a defeat at the end of the last movie. You know, Rocky's always on top at the end, but he suffers a defeat earlier on. You know, he's like the flip side. He's like at the end of the movie, he suffered a defeat in his mind. And now he's trying to come up from that. And, uh, he, that makes him awesome. His methods might be a little, eh, but I, I agree. Like he, uh, uh, he wants to rectify, you know, uh, uh, validate. He wants to validate uh, himself. He wants to show yeah. the world that he's not a bum, right? You know that that it wasn't a fluke. And like the his Apollo's issue is that everybody is calling him a fake, saying yeah. the fight was fixed. And he wants to. Um, I, I mean, we we keep using the word redemption mm-hmm. because the original title of this movie was Rocky Two Redemption. Oh wow! Uh, but um, Jay argued early on that Rocky doesn't need redemption because he accomplished what he set out to do. So who's who's <laughs> yeah. the one here that needs the redemption? I think it's yeah. coming clear. And, and yeah, like like saying some more will will really bring it home. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> it, it's come up many times. The question of redemption. Yeah, this could be Rocky to how to pay for the car. Do <laughs> <laughs> you, you think though that? Um, like if 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 the the title of the movie was supposed to be Rocky to Redemption, mm-hmm. and it's it's blatantly obvious that the redemption is on the part of Apollo Creed, is the one who mm-hmm. redeem himself. Isn't it? Isn't it almost as if though then that the that Apollo Creed is like the focus of Rocky Two? If if you were naming it Redemption, he's the uh, uh, what's the word? He's the um, the the tool that gets the hero from complacency to. Uh, uh, his moment of action catalyst. Yeah, is, that, is it catalyst? Is that the word? Yeah, there. yeah, catalyst. Sure, I have a dictionary. <laughs> it's interesting though that that's. I mean, it's kind of obvious, but like in in Rocky one and two, like Rocky seems completely dependent on somebody like Apollo, and in both cases, it is exactly Apollo. Mm-hmm. Uh, just you know, plucking him out of obscurity and then you know, forcing him out of you know retirement or whatever he's doing in Rocky Two. You know, it's like completely like without Apollo, Rocky doesn't get to do anything. He's just going to be kind of milling around in the you know, low grade boxing scene in Philadelphia. You know, pissing away his money and yeah, uh, doing manual crap labor work just to make yeah. ends meet. Whatever he can get, yeah. So he's he he actually owes Apollo a lot. Yeah, we mean a lot. He owes him pretty much everything. everything. <laughs> yeah, it's like Batman and the Joker. It's like, yes, without would one, they exist without each other? Yeah, yeah. And then in <laughs> in Rocky Three, mm-hmm. it's Apollo who you know after Rocky gets beat, it's Apollo who comes around and Mickey dies. It's Apollo yeah. who comes around and mm-hmm. saves him again. What favor, right? <laughs> and then in Rocky Four. Apollo re-energizes Rocky again by dying. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler <Right>. alert. <laughs> and then his so, kid reactivates the franchise years later. Hmm. See? Did he ever? And then seen those yet. Creed's kid. Neither of them? No. Well, I mean. Well, I mean, yeah, the one's not out yet, right? Well, Creed, as Creed of and, uh, this recording on Christmas oh, Eve, yes. everybody. What was I thinking? Oh, Merry Christmas Eve. So much eggnog. I forgot what month it was. Excuse me. And then in Creed, Merry Christmas, it's Apollo Creed's son that re-energizes Rocky again. Hmm. Yeah. The only movie where Apollo Creed is, well, maybe not Rocky but Paul, I guess. I was going to say it's five, and that one sucked, so. So we can. 
We just forget that one exists for now. <laughs> yeah. You know what's interesting? I'm actually like in the middle of watching this whole series with my son. Mm. And and we're we're up to five and we haven't watched five yet. And I'm like, mm, maybe maybe. It was interesting. I showed him I showed him Rocky first, obviously. And he was bored to tears. He was just antsy and like he didn't yeah. care. And I'm like, well, all right. It's 1970, what, six? Mm-hmm. You know, it's for a kid. It's like probably slow as hell and kind of rambling. And I mean, as awesome as it is, it's not going to like light his fire that much. Until so it's funny. So we watched Rocky and he didn't care. And I was like, oh, let's watch Karate Kid. It's Ooh. like the same director, same kind yeah. of mm-hmm. milieu, you know, <laughs> and he loved that. He thought he was really into that. I'm like, oh, are there more of these? I'm like, yeah. And then and I'm like, but you, know, you should really see Sam. Rocky 3. Okay. Rocky 3's got Mr. T in it. Now you're and talking. I, and that, yeah. And I was like, oh, Rocky 3, there's like, you know, it's the same idea, but it's, uh, it's, there's, it's a little flashier, a little zippier, a little like uh, a little amped up. And uh, so we skipped two and watched three and he loved three. And then we immediately watch four, which, by the way, is a pretty boring movie. I don't know if you guys know that Rocky four is not as exciting as I remembered, <laughs> but he liked that. And then we just went back and did two. So it was it's, it was like like I had to like ease him into two. Yeah, I had to get him used to the whole Rocky thing through three and four to then go back to two. And he was into two. See, what you said about Rocky four is the difference between your how old your son? Uh, Eleven. Between your 11 year old son and your 40 plus year old self. Yeah. But if you like, we were, uh, you know, I don't want to guess ages, but me and Jay and myself were, uh, you know, coming right about uh, nine, 10 years old when Rocky four mm-hmm. came out. So it was yeah. perfect for us. It was right yeah. up, you know, right up our alley. And then, uh, uh, like you said, or later on, you're like, well, th- there's, there's a whole lot missing <laughs> from Rocky four. <IV. laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It is pretty astounding. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to get your head around, but I didn't mean to leap forward seven or eight movies. I'm sorry. No, that's, that's fine. That's, that's, what we're, <laughs> that's, I mean, what are we going to talk about here? This minute, please. Whatever. That's not how these things work. Well, um, to get back to this minute, we'll, we'll just touch on it real quick before sure. we tangent again. <laughs> um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, Apollo is saying that he wants to ramp up the pressure for a rematch mm-hmm. and his trainer, Duke, Tells him that he can get money from the top, the same money from the top two contenders. Mm-hmm. So and yeah. the big question is, why go after this guy? Yeah. And again, we bring up the question of redemption. It's not about the money or even the title. Mm-hmm. It's about revenge, right? Mm-hmm. Can yes. we say this is a revenge story? Uh, nah, uh, um, no. Okay. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> With revenge what? is too hard. It's not revenge. It's a. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not revenge. It's uh, it, I think it. I think redemption is probably redemption, the right word. Yeah. Like there's, there's it's eating at him. Redemption. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was supposed to be an easy, weird exhibition fight, and he was supposed to trounce this 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 upstart. You know, we plucked upstart. out of obscurity, and uh, it didn't go the way he wanted, and uh, he's freaked out about it. And Tony gets that. We find out that more in like the next minute. But uh, yeah, Tony gets totally where he's where, where Apollo's coming from. Tony's the the angel on Apollo's shoulder that he's not listening to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to do what I just said I wasn't going to do and talk about Rocky three again, what <laughs> Tony's doing here is almost exactly what Mick does in three. You find out that he's mm-hmm. been kind of keeping Rocky from the real heavy hitters. He doesn't want him to fight Clever Lang. He's been like keeping him from the more dangerous fighters who are going to mess him up and keeping him with like, you know, sort of the layups. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of what Tony, Tony's not exactly doing this here. You get the impression that like, no, these are two legitimate fighters who are, you, know, he says, you get the same money for, you know, the two, whatever, I forget what he calls them. The talk two contenders. Contenders. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get the idea that like these guys are like in the system. They're like part of the boxing machine. They're like the understood next guys who he would fight. Why are we going over after this, you know, random dude who you just picked out for this one fight? You know, let's skip it. This isn't what the champ is about. This is, you know, just kind of stay in the expected planned sort of uh, scheme of the whole boxing world. And that does parallel uh, Rocky Three a little bit because, like you said, um, Clubber Lang at the time, he was one of the top contenders. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But Mickey just flat out said, "You're as long as you know I'm around, you're not getting a chance. Yeah. Because he knew he was a killer. Yeah. I think that's kind of how Tony sees Rocky now. Mm-hmm. He's sort of like a, the clubber to Apollo's Rocky. Did I do that right? Um, Did I mix that up? Yes. No, you, that was, that was <laughs> yeah. nicely done. Thank you. But I think right. the, the problem is, is that um, uh, Apollo Creed is thinking emotionally here. He's not thinking mm-hmm. from a business standpoint or a boxing standpoint. This right. is strictly emotions. He's letting his emotions get the best of him. And Duke is kind of like looking at it from a from a boxing slash business standpoint like this is what yeah. we should do this you know he because he rocky's dangerous because rocky is unpredictable he's not your typical fighter he's not your stereotypical you know what that mean by typical fighter i don't think over explain it yeah he's not your you're about fighter. to you're about to i saw I it myself yeah <laughs> so he um you know he's like a rogue kind of guy that you don't want to mess with that you want to keep the it's a business plan you're saying he's a loose cannon yeah. he's a loose cannon it's a business plan and you want to keep keep that moving forward rocky yeah. has the potential to derail well derails that mm-hmm. business plan moving forward and duke sees right. that whereas apollo's too clouded by emotion right now to see that yeah that's the perfect way to say it it's the business plan fighting these next two guys these next two contenders it's the business plan that's like Right. What you're expected to do. These are the guys you fight next. What are you doing worrying about this battalion stallion dude? And you, uh, as as a smart businessman, you don't lead with emotions, right? You shouldn't. You right. take your emotions out of it, right? Okay. Yeah. You're supposed to do. And Apollo was probably used to be very good at that. Apollo was probably just like, no, like, just give me the next guy up, the next guy up, then I'll mm-hmm. be the next guy, be the next guy. And then this guy, this happened, and now this is all in his head now, and he can't seem to let yeah. it go. Well, he says he can't let it go. Because right. people are accusing him of having the fight fixed. They're accusing him of being a fake and insulting mm-hmm. his kids at school. Who yeah. is insult who's insulting his kids? The teachers? <laughs> <laughs> well, probably other punk kids. Those kids are monsters. He he has little kids, right? We saw his kids running around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's not playing with them. He's reading letters. <laughs> he's reading hate mail. He doesn't have time for his kids. Those kids were really little though. Yeah. Like I don't think. I, so I'm I, saying, like, who's insulting his kids at school? Other kids probably don't didn't watch the fight. No, maybe they heard from like did. their parents or something. They're like, ah, oh, that Creed's a bum. Mm. But who's insulting? Turns out your dad's the, a bum. Insulting the heavyweight champion of the world's kids, like he's still the champion <laughs> yeah. of boxing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But his uh, image and reputation are very important. They're challenging his integrity. Yeah. Are these good reasons? Is this a good reason? Um, like what what we just articulated to get back into the ring with Rocky. No, we just tell. I don't know. It's well, it's maybe. tough. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I interrupted. No, please. It's you're the guest. The guest. No, <laughs> oh, I get no. to do what I want. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's rude as, of Jay as the host. <laughs> All right, but I, I I feel like uh, 
maybe even from like a career or business standpoint, that might be the kind of thing he needs to address or like nip in the bud. Maybe like, you know, that if, if people like, if he does go and fight these next two contenders, people are going to be like, ah, whatever. He, he ran away from Balboa, you know, mm-hmm. he, he licked you and you just took off, you know, like, you know, like anything he does might in his mind be sort of uh, overshadowed by this, this one fight. If he doesn't get, and he might also think like, you know, literally like, Hey, I actually could beat him. I wasn't ready for him last time. I wasn't taking it as seriously as I should have. Um, but now I really could beat him. So let me get get me back in the ring with him. And I'll take care of this. I disagree. Okay. Um, I think Apollo's Creed's career would have been just fine if he, well, would have been much better had he not <laughs> taken this fight. Okay. If he just moved on, fought the number one contender, beat him, fought the next guy, beat him. Yes, people would have always said, like, oh, you never fought Balboa again. But your answer could just be, well, I beat Balboa, so I moved on to the next guy. Yeah. Like, you could have moved on. Yes, it would it would bother you a little bit. <clears throat> it would, but it would probably it would bother some people. But you would people would forget about Rocky Balboa. Mm-hmm. He would never fight again. So it, That's he, would just, true, yeah. he would just disip, you know, fade into obscurity. And Apollo Creed would just go on and have this great career. He'd be the heavyweight champ. He'd make millions, and and he'd be rich and famous and and the champion. Yeah, you know, way back in the hospital scene, uh, when when Rocky wheels himself into Apollo's room and says, "Did you give me your best?" Mm-hmm. Right. We uh, we brought up um, one of the points that we brought up was uh, Apollo didn't take the fight seriously because you know who's this bum Rocky? You know, I'll whip him in three. That kind of mentality. But one of one of the uh, our listeners on the listeners group, Mighty Mix, uh, on Facebook, go join the fun. Brought up the the point that Apollo was trained and ready to fight Mac Lee Green until he got hurt. So Apollo was oh yeah he was training for a serious fight, and then that fighter got hurt. So it's not like he he uh, you know he wasn't ready for a fight. Maybe he didn't. Right. He didn't. He didn't mentally take Rocky seriously, but he physically, he was ready to How much for a title contention. Been there like a month. It was like five weeks or something like that. Yeah, you could. You think he stopped training completely for five weeks? I think he focused more on 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 the business on, part, on, uh, promotion, Uncle Sam hats and shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah, float building that he probably may have. Because that last couple of weeks is like the important weeks. That's when you really get down to the. I've never trained for a fight in my life, but I mean, <laughs> make it sound like. Let's theorize. <laughs> That's all we do here. Duke advises Apollo that the truth is the last time he was damn lucky. I don't think luck carries you through fifteen brutal rounds. That's not luck. Yeah, and in fact, like in, again, in the next minute, he kind of you know reverses that. That's not totally what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it makes a good, you know, show in front of the guys. Yeah. Like, yeah, hey, he's a lucky. Who cares? He's a bum. He's not doing anything. If you want to see. Six months. So remember in that first fight, Rocky got a, a good punch on Apollo Creed and like it was the first or second round and he knocked Apollo down for the first time in his career. Yeah. That yeah. punch you, you can chalk up to luck. Like mm-hmm. he, he had a, a, you know, just a one in a million opening and he took it. Yeah. But you, you, luck doesn't carry you through 15 rounds the way he did. Right. Okay, so we're uh, we're just poking holes all throughout this. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, that's what we do. Minute by minute, everybody. Yeah, that's what we do. Uh, he's been sitting around doing nothing for six months, so we got a, a good time frame, time frame yeah. here. It's June. We're in June. Yeah. But you, you can tell that Duke is just making this up. This is not the real reason we're going to find, obviously, but... Right. Be, like, that would be... 
a, a reason you would want to fight him. You'd be like, oh, this guy's in training six months. I'll fight him tomorrow. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah just beat him up. Right. <laughs> so, like, you could tell Duke's just just saying, just, just wants to move on, be done with this, and he's just saying, he's just making this up. We're, yeah. You know. Tom, you're an expert on body language, right? Yes. Yes. I have a doctorate in body language. I've heard. Yes. I've heard. So, mm-hmm. when Duke is pushing Apollo Creed to move on, he's uh, he's sitting up, right? Mm-hmm. He's uh, elbows on his knees. He's, you know, he's engaging. Yeah. When Apollo Arms asks, wide. yeah, yeah, okay, yes. When Apollo asks him if he thought he beat him, what does Duke mm-hmm. do? He shuts down. <laughs> he ducks his head down. He looks at his knee, kind of picking at his, you know, pants. And, oh, <laughs> yeah. You got the decision. I don't know. Yeah. What are you looking at me for? <laughs> yeah. It totally makes me think of Ernie Hudson and Ghostbusters. <laughs> I just hear him yelling, when Apollo Creed asks if you think he beat Rocky, you say, yes. yes. Nip the whole thing in the butt right there. Apollo would have been like, all right, cool. All right, next. Who are That's these contenders? Yeah, right. Right, he, <laughs> he could have solved that. <laughs> He's picking lint off his mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. You kind of hit him a few times. Got the decision. You said you won. But yeah, he, so he answers the question without answering the question. Like he's answering yeah. the question, mm-hmm. but he's not answering the question. Right. So he gives the old, you got a decision. <laughs> yeah. I was I was surprised that Apollo was only mad at Duke's response um, more than like he would. Like you think if, if your most trusted advisor doesn't answer you straight, wouldn't you be more like hurt than just, no. yeah, I won, but I didn't win. Yeah. No. Yeah. What, what was the question? The question was, wouldn't you uh, be more hurt by by his dodging the question than like just angry and saying, yeah, I mean, I got the decision, but I didn't win. I think Apollo sort of knows what his answer is going to be before he even asks the question. So, so he's he not asks, really. Yes. Not he, like, he, he knows how this whole conversation is going to go. He knows the Duke is going to be. By the way, I've been calling him Tony because Apollo called him Tony. But mm-hmm. if you guys want to call him Duke, that's cool, too, because I never knew what his name was. <laughs> well, there's, <laughs> there's, there's a, a little discrepancy in a few minutes. but uh, Oh, OK. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but yeah, he knows exactly what his reaction is going to be the whole time. And he knows what he wants to do, what Apollo wants to do. So uh, I kind of understand him not being. I mean, he snaps a little. He's, he's got my favorite line in the movie. Man, I won, but I didn't beat him. Yeah. So he blurts that out. Um, but yeah, I don't know if he's, I think he's like, if he's going to be hurt by, by his reaction, he's like pre hurt. He's like already, he already knows what it is. He already knows what his reaction is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so he's, yeah, he's already at, uh, an emotional 10 here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's just kind of like, he kind of, this conversation has already happened in his head. He just has to have it. And then he can get on with like, get this, get this Balboa guy embarrassed and in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, when next, when. Apollo asks, "What are you afraid of, Tony?" Um, that's yeah. The real the actor's real name is Tony Burton. <laughs> is that what it is? Up until this point, uh, the trainer never had a a, a, a name that it yeah. was. He, hold on, Apollo's trainer. He was Apollo's trainer in Rocky One. He was Apollo's trainer here in Rocky Two. If you look on IMDb, um, Carl Weathers mistakenly called him Tony. Oh, that's awesome! In the scene, so you know they retconned him. <laughs> <laughs> him to be named Tony, and Duke isn't even his uh, his uh, real last name either. It's to- Duke is like a nickname. Oh wow! Tony Burton's IMDb says the uh, the trainer's name is Tony Duke in quotes Evers. We never hear Evers <laughs> like that's just way out wow. of the field. Evers. I just I just always knew him as Duke. 
Just always call him yeah. George. Mm-hmm. You can call him I think Tony. I was more of an Apollo's trainer kind of guy. That's what I called him. That guy. That guy is in Apollo's corner. He was upset all the time. He's <laughs> <laughs> the most emotional guy. He's got a turtleneck. That guy. He can so, call you Betty, but you can call him Duke. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> See, in my opinion, Apollo asked two questions. He says, let me ask you a question. Did I beat him? Right? Do you think I beat him? And then he gives him the answer. You got the decision. And then he asks a question again now. What are you afraid of, Tony? That's the question. Like, I think mm-hmm. Apollo already knew the answer to, do you think I beat him? Mm-hmm. Right. I don't, he, I don't think he knows the answer to this question yet. And that's, that's the question. That's what he wants to know. What are you so afraid mm-hmm. of? So when Duke gets up and he does, like, the, the room scan. <laughs> I love that. So do I. I'm sneaking it's, over to Apollo's desk. I hope nobody notices. Yeah. They're drinking their coffee. Are they good over oh. there? Okay, cool. Hey, guys, what's that on the wall? Oh, my gosh. These these three guys in the back couldn't be less interested in this whole conversation. They're really... Yeah. Duke could have said it from where he was sitting, and they wouldn't have heard what he said. Because, yeah. first of all, they're drinking tea or, some, or coffee with saucers and, like, mugs. Like, what? Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, is it because he's about to tell the secret? Where he's about to drop a bomb and make sure that these guys are out of the blast zone. It is interesting. Yeah, it does. I mean, given what happens in the next minute, I get the idea that he thinks that it's too heavy. I mean, he's already said like, no, we don't need to fight this guy, et cetera, et cetera. But like his real, like heartfelt reason is like, he's all wrong for his baby. You know, he's like, it's a little more intimate, a little more between the friends, a little more, uh, Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, personal, not emasculating exactly to Apollo, but like, you know, don't fight this guy because he's weird and he's superhuman and he's, you know, he's not who you can beat or something like that. Like, it's a little bit more of like a specifics of what he wouldn't want the guys to hear. Maybe a little more than just like, ah, this guy's a bum. Don't worry about it. You know, and I never thought about the reasoning why he would do that until obviously watching this one minute at a time. But mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know why he does it, but I love it. <laughs> I do too. Love it. It's like he's like sneaking around like, on his tiptoes <laughs> over to Apollo's desk. Or is he telling those guys like uh you guys watch I mean just make sure yeah. there's there's witnesses of, in case Apollo kills him. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go talk to like, Apollo now. Guys, on me. Tell my wife I love her. <laughs> um I, I almost think he he does it like he looks up thinking that these guys were like you know when you're like wanna go tell the guy something you think those guys are supporting you like they're with you like mm-hmm. and he oh. like looks back at them and they're, they're like not even looking he's like oh well, i'm on my own here. it's just me then so something the other one he's all right okay that might that might actually be it that's a good one all right and uh as he tiptoes over to uh, apollo's desk the minute ends which i'm glad it ends here because i i want i want the entire monologue all contained in one minute yeah that's nice so uh mm-hmm. i don't know jay tom you have anything else on this one no. I don't think so. I'm excited for the next one. As am I. I'm excited right now to hear about Indiana Jones Minute. Oh, my gosh. Me, too. Oh, <laughs> wait. That's me. Uh, yeah. I am uh, visiting you from the Indiana Jones Minute. Uh, I'm over there with my friends uh, Pete Mummert and Jerry Porter. And uh, we've been doing what you're doing here, but with uh, all the Indiana Jones movies. We've done Raiders. We've done Temple of Doom. We've done Last Crusade. And uh, we are gearing up to do Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And uh, we're trying to pace ourselves a little bit because they keep saying they're going to make another one. Mm. But I won't believe it till I see it. And even then, I might not believe it. We'll see. They've been saying that for a couple of years now, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I think the latest is like 
2021. Mm. Do they, do they <laughs> know that Harrison Ford is not getting any younger? I think they've acknowledged that. Okay. I think uh, they're just going to like maybe digitally put his head on some robot body oh. or something. And, oh, yeah, we'll God. see. It's going to be awesome, guys. It's going to be awesome. It, it, <laughs> I expect nothing less. Yeah. They just keep getting better and better. They do. They've they've perfected it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're uh, Rocky Minute everywhere that you can find Rocky Minute. Um our listeners group on Facebook is called Mighty Mix. Our email is RockyMinute at Dueling, uh, du- no, at gmail.com. Dueling Genre is our host website. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can find Rocky Minute on any podcatcher that you uh, you so please. So uh, go do that. And tonight, as everybody knows, is Christmas Eve. So make sure you put out your milk and cookies for Santa Claus. And yeah. uh, I hope you have uh, your, your entire list of, of your... Uh, uh, your gifts that you received, Tom, for tomorrow, because, uh, you know, we're going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. If Santa delivers, I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So, uh, everybody, come back tomorrow, and uh, we'll celebrate Christmas the way uh, anybody does by listening to Rocky Minute. What are we waiting for? Take this! Yeah, I was like, we were watching it, and I leaned over to my wife. I'm like, this is the third montage in about 15 minutes. (laughs) I don't think they had a full two-hour movie. (laughs) No. If you take out the montages, you got about uh, 35 minutes of movie. Yeah. But that's why we love it. (laughs) That's why they had the robot, too. Yes. (laughs) For a good 10 minutes, at least. Gonna put us right over the edge. The ro- the robot might be the most divisive <laughs> character <laughs> in the whole Rocky franchise.